or how many Instagram followers yeah. I have, or I mean, does like I mean, am I looked at from a public perception as being like the trainer or anything? Like it, it, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. To me, it, it it doesn't matter. I know I love doing what I'm doing. I know I've got the opportunity and a platform to be a servant to players and hopefully help them in their life to be a servant to others on their biggest on their much bigger platform than I'll ever have. What's up out there, Game of Lifers? Welcome back to part two of my story, as told by New York Times best-selling author, Rafe Bartholomew. And I think this second episode is even better than the first. Not to say, hey, I've got really cool stuff coming for you, but hey, I've got really cool stuff coming for you. And I re-listened to it too, and I'm I'm learning stuff and remembering stuff about myself. Kind of cool. And I left you on a cliffhanger last week about how I am an absolute test tube for anything that I'm going to give my players was mind, body, spirit. So I'm going to go in depth on part two about my morning routine, my sleep hacks, how I absolutely dominate sleep, what I put in my big old fat smoothie and how I just stay the healthiest I can possibly be and haven't been sick for like seven years. And I'll give you all my routines and hacks that I teach my NBA players as well. And it's just basically going to be a free-flowing conversation of how I started working with NBA players, what the main purpose that I'm doing this for is, is putting it all, putting Christ before everything. And what I see myself on is not a job, not a career, but it's a mission. And it's a mission for the Lord. And if I'm able to have an impact on these players and their lives and, and positive role impact, and then they use their platforms, which will be much bigger than mine will ever be, to have a positive impact on everyone else. And just how I try to live my life and being servanthood over success. Not worried about where success of this world comes from, but success in Christ's eyes and treating everyone the same. Whoever steps in the room, whether it's a big GM, whether it's the, who someone think is the lowest of the low, treating them the same, putting them before you. And we'll talk about the social media, Instagram impact that it has on the training world and the NBA and why I never get caught up in comparison and how comparison can just steal your joy and some crazy international stories being lost in brazil stories where yeah i didn't think i was going to get out of them so we'll go in all in depth on that and what a shooting coach really means and some examples and stories of myself life coaching nba players and being a mentor and a shoulder for them to lean on and just basically being a servant for these players so we're going to go all in depth in part two on those points and many more so buckle up Get ready for Rafe Bartholomew interviewing yours truly. Here we go. I've always just had like the mindset of I'm going to do everything a little bit better than everybody else. Like try to a little bit more effort than everybody else. Mm -hmm. And I've just had that mindset as being a player of having to, of not being the most athletically gifted or or talented. I've just kind of had that for my whole, I mean, life just Mm -hmm. like, I want to be the healthiest I can be. I want to be able to be on court with players and have tons of energy. I want to be able to show them that I'm doing this. I, and I, then I just love just like testing stuff. Like I'll get, like I'm a nut for what people call biohacking or life hacking. Like I've got a whole morning routine that would just, if I told you everything that I went in my morning routine or what I put in my smoothie at lunch or how I get ready for sleep and get the, like I get, like I got the best sleep, best sleep ever. So I'm just basically, I, I get more excited about that sometimes than like basketball workouts. And I've got a few friends in the NBA coaches and stuff. Like we'll just nut out about all that kind of stuff too. But 
I like to use myself as a human test tube for anything. Anything that I can find for self-improvement, I'll try it pretty much as long as, you know, within the restrictions, within reason, obviously. And then if I like it, then I can share with NBA guys and then it can help them. Um, And like, you know, do you, is it, I mean, over the years, was it hard ever to sort of bounce back and forth between doing, you know, working with high level professional basketball players to running, just working, you know, like training, training, you know, teenagers that, that, you know, probably just going to play high school basketball or something or, you know, going just the, the, what is the range of different kinds of levels you've, you've, you've done clinics and, and oh, coaching man. at? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's ranged from everything and that's, that's sometimes the hardest challenge, but also sometimes I, I think it's the best challenge because I'd like to always, always be challenged and I like to always get out of my comfort zone. Anytime I'm getting into like a routine or some kind of comfort, I got to do something to challenge myself so I know I'm still growing. But like that's been like that's one of my issues too. Like I would just keep going and going and going and going. And sometimes I don't know when to just push the brakes and stop a little bit. And I need to have more of that in my life. But like sometimes I'll be running camps for high school kids or elementary kids and then right after that I'm going into like a really high MBA level workout where I've been wanting to know exactly what this guy needs for this exact time and then I'm flying over to another country to do a camp or I'm breaking down some film for a team and it's just I'm doing like like Sometimes I wish I was just doing one thing with one team so I could give all my 100% focus on that. But it's like six, seven different things. And I do like my other interests, like podcasts and like, like I said, like the biohacking stuff. And like sometimes it's hard to just like balance it all together and wrap it back together. And there's definitely been times I've been in workouts or camps camps especially since i've done a ton of them sometimes going autopilot where i'm thinking about thinking about something else or thinking about what's coming next so it's a blessing and a curse to be doing so many different things but also wishing sometimes i was doing just one thing right 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 yeah i mean i guess it, you know you gotta fight the temptation a little bit to to when you're when if you're doing a camp or something that's on you know that's like on a lower level you're just like what you know why am I why am I wasting my time here yeah 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 and I think about that too but then I put myself in their shoes and I remember when I was growing up I was like man I just ate all these opportunities up and and if I can like one of the things that is the most rewarding Mm -hmm. thing to me that I ever get is emails from parents after camps that be like Oh, my son just had the best time. He's in the backyard already working on your shooting breakdown that you gave to him. He's going to be doing it for the next the 28-day challenge that I give him. And just seeing the kids excited and have something to look forward to and work on, like, like that makes me super juiced up and knows, like, even if it's a monotonous camp that I'm doing and I got to do a week straight of them that I'm going to give my most energy, my best ever. Because I know if I was a little kid back in their own shoes, I would have wanted the same thing. And I guess you also you like kind of like the story in, in Japan. You never know sort of who who whose kids are coaching, you know, and it leads to you know you do yeah. a good job, and and you know, all of a sudden you know you get uh, a, a you know a great friendship and great sushi whenever you yeah. want. <laughs> that always has its perks too. But I, and then like servant is being my is the main mantra that I always want to have. But also uh, I learned this like just. And treating everybody the same no matter where they're at whether it's whether it's the highest level GM or president of an NBA team or it's the lowest level person in 
that's that's not doing anything just treating them the same way not looking at one person like he's better than somebody else and not like trying to trying to impress somebody i've like i've got to the point where i mean it's it's because of my relationship with christ and belief in god that like all i really care about is is doing god's work and if and if someone doesn't think i'm doing a good job or whatever it might be that's okay i mean i know i'm if i'm doing it for the main purpose for his kingdom then it's then it's i mean that's that's what i'm here to do and then like no matter if it's like the highest person at the high level or the lowest person like i said i'm gonna treat everybody the same because everybody's everybody's a person everybody has issues everybody has their own thing going on nobody's no matter what they're doing or what they've done on this earth it's not it's not their earthly success that makes them who they are um what's the i guess what's the international experience you had that that i get maybe you were like, oh man, you know, I messed up this time. This was this. this I, I I shouldn't like like this sounded like a good idea, but I, <laughs> this, this wasn't. I really shouldn't have come and done this. this oh, I mean the China one where I about died yeah. after eating the chicken skewer. <laughs> yeah, that. Um, let's see. Let's see. There was a time in Brazil. There was a time in Brazil. I was doing some camps down there, and they don't speak. They don't speak any English down there. They can care less to speak English. So I loved uh, acai. Mm-hmm. I love acai, and down there, that's where they grow it and everything. Yeah. So we'd been doing a clinic for all like all day, and I was just spent. And the people that were taking me around, they were staying there because they had to do something afterwards. And, and I was just like, okay, I'm gonna go get some acai. So this guy takes me mm-hmm. to the spot. We're in the city. It's, it's a different city. It's not not the main one that I'd been in, so I had no idea anything about it. But he speaks no English, so he takes me to this acai spot. Like, it's probably, it's probably 10, 15 minutes away from the gym. Like, there's no way I could find my way back. So I get out of the car, and he speaks no English, so I'm telling him, like, like sign language, so like, it's like, stay here, stay here, I'll be right back, I'm gonna go to the acai spot, just right there, I'll come back, I'll get it. And so he gives me the thumbs up, cool, cool, cool. So when I get out of the car, he drives off. I'm like, all right, he's probably just going to try to park or go around the block or something like that. And I get my acai, I mean, and it's 15 minutes later, 20 minutes later, 30, and he's not back. I'm like, man, I am done. So I start walking up and down the street, and no one speaks any English. And I'm trying to, like, no one cares about basketball really that much in the spot that I'm at. And I'm trying to, like, see how I can get back to this basketball gym. And I'm like, okay, this is it. I'm done. I'm stuck in Brazil for life. It's over for me. I'm never going to find them. Because it would have been really, really hard for them to find me. Right. But, like, at that, that point, like, I just have a lot of faith in, in God. And I was just like, God, it's just me and you. I need, I need you to help me here. Like, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. And literally, not five minutes later, there's a guy that we were at lunch with that day who didn't speak any English, had heard me talking about acai and how much I loved acai. He saw me leave the gym and followed us there and followed us to the spot just in case probably that was going to happen. So he speaks no English. I hop in the car with him. And were these guys who had been coached, like you've been coaching with? Are they other people involved? They were other coaches. They were other coaches, yeah. And he hops in the car. I hop in the car with him. We drive back to the basketball place. Life is good. Answered prayer directly on the spot. (laughs) So that was a crazy situation. Situation. I mean, there's been situations over. I mean, it was like on the, you know, like like basketball wise. Where has it been like the most challenging? Basketball wise, the most challenging. Hmm. Uh, 
I mean, I think it's always a challenge just to – I think I think the individual NBA player work is the most challenging, and it was at the start when I was doing it. And It was – like. That's that's why I love doing it so much because it's such a challenge with yeah. each each person is so different and and you know just the detail like how like how close somebody can be from out of the league mm-hmm. to be in the league with opportunity so that's been the biggest challenge in, in helping guys like I really like working with undrafted players or players that I think have a great passion and I think have the ability to make it to the NBA mm-hmm. and then then helping them get there. And that's like I was talking about with like a uh, second round pick like Norm Powell mm-hmm. or Jeremy or Aaron or CJ Watson or um, see who else, Sean Kilpatrick, mm-hmm. guys that invest a lot of time and effort and energy into and and how how much they eat it up too. Like how much like being able to figure out like the little details that goes into every single thing that they do in their life and their sleep and their nutrition and their mindset. Like it, the, one of the greatest things about it is, is being able to be a mentor for the players. And like an example, a couple of years ago, Sean in, in Brooklyn, like it was a year after I was gone out of there, but I still had a, like would work with him, have a close relationship with him. And he, he was kind of down and hadn't been shooting it that well and was down on himself. And he's just reached out to me. He's like, man, what do I got to do? Can you help me? And, and we just broke it down and looked at like, like all his, like, his like what I call in the zone swag moments mm-hmm. like where he just right. feels that yeah. swag about him like I talked to him like where where was that spot when you were growing up that you would just dominate every time you walked in the gym so it was like one of his high school gyms mm-hmm. so we'd imagine he was in his high school gym we got all his Cincinnati highlights and clips together that would show how good he was and and all his NBA clips together I'm like Sean are you any different player than you are right here like in these, he's like, no, no. He'd, he'd watch him before the game, practice leading up to the the Clippers game, and played the Clippers that night. After a couple of days of doing that together, and went for thirty eight and single handedly beat the Clippers. And that's just that's just him. I mean, having that mindset and being able to switch off that mindset, but me being able to be like, um, I mean, just once again be a servant to him and helping him get there is what's like super cool about it to me. And yeah, so when you're working with with NBA guys, how like what is the mix of you know like their like technical training stuff or, or like you're doing with Sean, which is really more of just like building them up, yeah. Up and, you know, sort of more of like the, the psychologist side of the job. Like, oh yeah. How like is there? Is I mean, I'm sure it, it's a uh, it's it's a little you know it sort of depends on every every guy you work with, but like yeah, how, how does that? You know, how do you figure it out? Yeah, yeah, and that's what makes it so exciting yeah. and, and challenging because there's never it's never cookie cutter and yeah. it's never the same. Uh, it just depends where a guy's at in his career. It depends on like if it's an off season, like we'll, we'll look at two things max that we want to get better at in the off season. We can continue to highlight their strengths and the reason they're in the NBA. But like LeBron or like Jordan always did, try to add a piece mm-hmm. to the game and add something the game and then at the start of the season like I'll, I'll, me and my players will look at the three main focuses they want to have about their games mm-hmm. so not necessarily we don't I don't do anything on points I don't do anything on rebounds or assists but it might be like with Jeremy just how did he attack each pick and roll like did you win the battle on every pick and roll mm-hmm. that could you have made a better decision or 
like I look at a lot with point guards potential assists like not necessarily on the assists you get because a lot of it's determined and derived from the players that you pass the ball to if they can make the shot mm-hmm. but how many plays do you set up for players so we'll usually look at like three analytical or my made up analytical things that, that would rate a player's game and then we'll analyze them like I'll send them all the clips in those situations after each game we'll talk about them like where did you see yourself how could you have got better and we'll try to grow from each game to each game to each game Mm -hmm. so when a lot of NBA like I mean there's obviously a lot of NBA teams that are good at doing that but a lot of NBA teams I mean they're more concerned on the team they're more concerned on the next night's matchup and and that and plays and everything like that so to be able to work with these guys as a personal coach and have them more and more reach out Mm -hmm. to me and just put their trust in me and be like okay yeah that's I mean that's how I'm going to get better this game and this game and this game that's like as much as I love the on-court stuff uh, throughout the off-season and helping their bodies and helping their minds on, on and off-court in the off-season, I love, like, through the season, being able to go travel with them, spend mm-hmm. a week with them there, do a lot of, I mean, without them knowing, like, psychologists, right. sports psychologist stuff. And, and then if I'm gone, like, away from them, we do it just through their clips and through their analysis of each and every game. Mm-hmm. So it's just like every player is different. Their situation that they're in is different, but it just comes back to like their passion, how much they want it, and me just basically figure out any way I can serve them and help them. Right. Um, and I guess do you like I do you, like do you have a preferred like title? Like is it I mean like like where how much yeah, that's a good question, are you a shooting man. coach? Are you with so, skills? Is it you know what what is man, it? Man, I've had so many titles and like shooting coach is just so so pigeonholed. Like uh-huh. I mean I, I Has love, it always been that way or is it Um I mean like I'll I'll take shooting coach. Yeah. Shoot. I mean if I can be a shooting specialist and I'll go do shooting right. camps and I love helping players be able to shoot the ball, but there's just I mean there's so much more to it than just shooting I mean it's just like not just saying all skills but just like all their whole overall life right I mean their mindset and everything and uh, like, how do you think shooting coach has been pigeonholed like what, like what is, what is what's the pigeonhole oh I think you people like a shooting coach so you're only just working on right, shooting basically the shot doctor but, that's it. yeah shot doctor but I mean am I a shooting form coach I mean I think shots are more than your shooting form is like where do your game shots come from are you ready for your game shots do you I mean do you have a game plan going into each game like an example of that like like in Brooklyn I was working with Wayne Ellington when I was out there and Wayne's a great shooter great shooting stroke and he's shooting like 32% when I'm out there and it's like Wayne you're so much better than this let's let's break it down and look at him he's shooting a, a high volume of shots like off the dribble and multiple dribbles and that's just not I mean he's good at that but it's not who he is so we looked at where his highest level areas were and they were corner threes and tr- transition wing catch and shoot threes everything catch and shoot so I was like Wayne we got to figure out how we're going to get you to those spots every night so we'd watch film on the team like where uh, the team they're going to play and like how we can get to those spots and so he had a game plan in his mind going into it and by the time of the end of the season he's up to shooting 38 percent and he gets to sign a two-year deal with Miami and like that type of stuff that makes like that's all worth it to me because Wayne gets to receive the benefits of all that but um like that would be termed shooting coach right. but no one would ever think of that as being right shooting coach. I mean, well and, and people look at you like you're insane if you can yeah. see yeah I taught Wayne Ellington how to shoot you know exactly like, I could know, never say that I would know yeah I would never say it's like, it's like well he could he could, shoot, yeah. he could shoot it pretty well at North Carolina exactly you know? exactly and then there's I mean guys are with their teams guys are with I mean there's yeah. so many different areas and if I ever said like I just 
taught this guy how to shoot or like working with Lonzo Ball at UCLA like for a year like we knew he was one and done like I mean I'm not going to try to just big time overhaul his shot number one it doesn't need a huge overhaul it just needs a little a few tweaks to it but number two he's so good at everything else like let's focus on his strengths at the time and and not worry about just messing with his mind on his shot how much yeah I mean like how I mean, how dangerous it is to how dangerous can it be to mess with somebody's mind on their shot? Like how? Man, look how at Markel Fultz. How that happened? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's dangerous. It depends. I mean, you got to know how right. strong a guy is mentally, and you got to have a really good relationship with him going going into it. And I mean, once again, I mean not to beat a dead horse, but like I'll make sure before I ever tell anybody any kind of adjustment to change, I'll make sure I have a great relationship right. with them. I'll make sure they trust me one hundred percent, know that I'm in their corner and just want the best for them but I mean it I mean it's it's tough and it's just like uh, going to shooting like I'll never I'll never like throw the whole kitchen sink at somebody it's just you got piece by pieces like if you put too many things at them it's overwhelming and if you ever like I'll tell I'll tell a player I shouldn't say this but I'll tell a player they always have a great potential to be a great shooter and there's just little small details that they have to add because if you tell a player like oh man we're going to do an overhaul on you they're like oh my gosh they have to be in a positive mindset and then there's so many little like tricks I've learned throughout and how to make sure guys stay positive about it and like even if I get a guy's a bad shooter and and having to develop a shot and I'll give I'll give James McAdoo a ton of credit because he wasn't wasn't the best shooter coming out of North Carolina, but now like I would like he's gonna find a spot in the NBA yeah. and he's gonna have a long career and I would trust him shooting NBA threes. Yeah. But like we even work with him, like there'd be some workouts at the start of it that we'd just go to shooting and like he kinda get down on himself a little bit and, and then I figure like well, I gotta get him in a positive mindset. So we'd work on the stuff that he's really good at at the start, then to get him open to learning and listening to anything, any kind of adjustments that I wanted him to make. And then he's more adapt to it. He's in more of a positive mindset to it. He learns better with it. So there's, I mean, shooting shooting coach like everybody sees on the from the outside looking in is just like form shooting. How are you gonna get a guy to make shots? But it's 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 probably five percent that, ninety five percent mental. Right. Um, and like, what about? I mean, and maybe these guys don't. Maybe these guys don't really exist so much in the NBA. But like, what about a you know, a guy who can like actually like you know nothing wrong with his shot and, and can hit it, but maybe just doesn't have like the right. Is more basically a guy who hates to miss so much that he won't shoot as much as he should. You know, I mean, like how do you how do you get a guy to just let it fly as much as you know like, a guy that can, who all right he misses two and just like decides all right I'm I'm pat you know I'm, I'm yeah. pass first the rest of the game. That's that can be tough, and that can be one of the biggest uh, just the mental coaching that goes into it, and that's that's one of those things. Like if if that situation was to come up, I'd I'd find a game or I'd find something where he was just absolutely this in the zone, right. just killing it on fire, and I just make him watch that over and over and over again, and just make it make sure he remembers that's who he is, mm-hmm. not the person that right. that that was missing the shots, and then also along those lines, like when we're working out in the off season, like I'll never really like record I mean I'll record everything every single workout so guys can see every single shot so they can break it down I can break it down I've got a really cool app that shows the analytics of every single shot of every single workout it's like ridiculous but 
I, I won't judge things on makes or misses. I'll judge them on perfect reps because mm-hmm. I think, I mean, especially if you're shooting development, it's all about muscle memory and and, and uh, your I mean, perfect form development. So you can have false makes where you're shooting it the wrong way. You're not holding your foul through. You're off balance. I'd rather have a miss. That's a great, great form shot. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's how I'll kind of make sure that they develop um, just like their overall shooting ability. Right. Um, what was, I mean, how, what was sort of the first and like, is there some, somebody you consider like your first official, like, like, you know, NBA guy you worked with, man, you know what? I don't, I mean, like, I guess I don't really have like an official, like a, cause yeah, sort of like you knew some of these guys before you were really doing it. It was, yeah. I mean, most of the guys have just like been friends. Yeah. Like they've been friends of mine and like, I just care so much about them like as a person like I want to help them as much as I can but I guess then it came down I mean like and it's a different it's it has, it's actually a different type of uh, like I mean obviously atmosphere when you're coaching with the team when players have to be there instead of players reaching out to right. you and being like hey come work with me I need your help like this summer alone I've had uh, three former all-stars reach out to me and ask me to help them with their shot. They want to help start developing their three-point mm-hmm. shot since the NBA is all right. threes. Yeah. And I've had to turn two of them down just because I haven't had enough time right. to, to be able to do it and give them, like... And I would love to go work with all of them, but I'm also telling them, like, if we're going to do this, like, i got to give you everything everything I have, and I can't sell you short on it. Um, but there's, I mean, once again, like, there's no, there's no player where I was, like... Yeah, this is my guy I've developed. Like, there's a guy in the draft this year that I've worked with since eighth grade, and I've put a lot into him. Mm-hmm. But still, it's, right. I mean, I'm not there with him 24-7 yeah, yeah. every day. I guess, I, you know, it's like when, I, I guess at the beginning of it, it's sort of like when, you know, how do you, you know, I guess with a, okay, so what's the difference between, working with guys who you basically you know are already friends with have relationships with mm-hmm. know pretty well versus somebody who kind of you know who you don't know but called you and wants to you know want you know wants to work with you it's more it's up, starts off basically you know more in a client type of relationship yeah. how you know how do you make you know how do you yeah, are, yeah, are, yeah. earn his respect how do you do all yeah. you know, how, how does all that come together and it comes together pretty easily now that I've done it a lot of times but I mean if it's a new guy and like I'll know somebody who he knows and he'll yeah. know somebody who I know and then like so okay you already have like that mutual relationship yeah about each other that you, yeah and then we'll, we'll be and we'll keep talking on right. things and things and I'll I mean there's certain right. things like I know to talk on players like people's in like anybody's interested in food and I know like everything out inside out food so we'll get all excited about that and I'll take them out to dinner and like I'll have all their film together mm-hmm. broken down for them beforehand so they're like dang this guy really cares he's putting this much into me and I'll, I'll go over the top to do anything that I need to do mm-hmm. as far as being a servant to them to develop their trust and then from there it's I mean it's just like we're two people in the gym yeah. both love basketball and it's, it's easy and, and so yeah, I guess Without obviously you know, getting into any details you don't want to get into, but like I don't know, like does it I, like 
do you like do you sign do you have contracts for guys to like, <laughs> or is it basically just like you, you know it's okay I'll take care man. of you whenever, you know whenever, that's such a good question how does it, basically how do you make money do it you know you're man. you know I mean is it basically on like a gentleman's agreement is it on faith does it matter is it case to case everything and in between like it's like literally most of my income is made through doing camps mm-hmm. and like, I've worked with over 100 NBA players on court and like there's still it's just you don't really know how it's all going to work and I could be I guess that's not who I am in my blood just right. to be like okay this is the upfront cost I'm going to charge you this ridiculous amount right. before you step on court with me because I don't I don't ever want to have to deal with that that aspect with them because I think it brings anytime money's involved in anything that you do the relationship gets kind of here and there so I have I started off and Chip gave me this advice Uh I would have my sister be my be my business manager Uh and she had a different last name since she was married so she would invoice the players Uh and I would just be like hey just talk to my admin about it and Chip said he had had the same thing happen so I never have to really deal with the money but as far as like when when I get closer and closer and they become really good friends of mine that's no big deal like yeah I'm gonna hit you with this and um, I mean I've done more free workouts and I mean, I can even remember. Like, and there's been there's been times I've got absolutely burnt with it. I've worked with players for. I guess yeah, you get mad. Do you, man, do you get mad at yourself? Like, man, why, why did I do? Why did I even bother? You yep. Know? To, there's yep. I used to get mad at myself for that too, and and like I worked with a player for the whole year, and then he stiffed me at the end of the year. Uh-huh. It was like I won't say the guy's name, but oh, of it was, course. yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy, and I was just so bitter and upset about it after that. And then I was just like. And then it happened a few. I mean, it's happened multiple times, not for that long. But and I was like, if I get caught up in this, like, it's just going to drive me insane. No, because it sounds like it's because it's so informal in in a lot of the cases, and and that's sort of what some of the magic of the relationship is in how informal it is. But then there's also that there's uh, there's risk involved. Yeah, and then I just yeah like. I just got to the point where I'm like, if I mean, I'm just gonna work with guys that I like to be around, guys that I enjoy being around, and I know it'll take care of itself. Like, mm-hmm. they'll see the work I'm putting in, how much time and effort, and they'll take care of it. And it's and to the most part, it has happened that way. And I just had to get to the point too where I was like, at the end of the day, when I die, I'm not gonna have any money right. when I when I leave this earth anyway. So if I get caught up in just having to hustle and bustle and worry about the money, then it's just gonna make me like. 99% of the population and just be driven by money. That's interesting because I guess it's, I agree, but it's interesting because in, in some ways, like, you know, I mean, I think, I think of you sort of hustling all over in terms yeah. of going place to place, all of like coaching all these different countries, almost every continent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and the other. Um, but if, you know, but it's sort of the, it's, it's like, you know, most people, at least you know here you know what are they with their they're they're hustling for money you know but is is it like the to be like or is it so you sort of feel like it's to be around the game is it to be yeah doing the, yeah I try to kind of be like the complete opposite of everybody else and I know it's probably money wise it probably doesn't really help me that much to do that but I feel like. Like, I know I keep coming back to just being a servant yeah. for him, but I think it's, I mean, it'll pay it, itself off in the end financially here on this earth and in the next life and mm-hmm. everything. But, um, yeah, like even like the, the, 
people that you see or this whole training craze that's going on now, kind of like we started at the start, like being like on Instagram or or take a picture with this guy, this is my guy, or not to say names, but you'll see somebody putting up a video of somebody in their NBA game and a video of them working on that drill with them, like a two dribble step back or something like that. Oh, I taught this guy that and like all that craziness. Like if you let that, if you let that, and that comparison get to you, it'll just drive you nuts. Mm-hmm. And it's drove me nuts before. And like, like, why is this guy going to work with this guy or this whole like? And then I got to the point of like, man, I honestly like, I, I, I don't care. I right. just if, and if, even if the guys that I've worked with for a long time, if they're if they go work out with somebody else, I'm like, great, right. hear a new voice, yeah. teach me something. What do you pick up from them? Yeah, like I love it when NBA guys come back to me in the off season. And they teach me stuff that they're doing in their in their team sets, yeah. and I'm I'm learning from them. But if I like, at the end of the day, if I get caught up in how much money I'm making off this guy, or or how many Instagram followers yeah. I have, or I mean, does like I mean, am I looked at from a public perception as being like the trainer or anything? Like it, it, it doesn't matter. Right? right to me, it, it it doesn't matter. I know I love doing what I'm doing. I know I've got the opportunity and a platform to be a servant to players and hopefully help them in their life to be a servant to others on their biggest, on their much bigger platform than I'll ever have. And that's like, that's the reward with me. And I know that sounds like, like people listen to this, people like you're whack, man. You could probably make a lot more money doing what you're doing, but I just don't want to be like everybody else and get caught up in that. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean how, you know, how, yeah, like how have you seen this, sort of bubble that's kind of crazy grow of, of uh, different kind of you know skills trainers shooting coaches Jeez, you know man. every everything under the sun how much how much have you had to adjust or, or, or maybe not you know yeah. to to sort of just keep up with it you know like how much how much effort do you put in for right. your branding on social media and stuff <laughs> it's like it's crazy because it's like a it's like a necessary mm-hmm. evil really and I kind like of, if, you, if, you, if you didn't have to do it, you just wouldn't? Uh, no. If I didn't have to do it, there's no way I'd do it. And I still, like, I just figured out how to do Instagram stories the other day. Like, I'm about four years behind. I've never done Snapchat. Mm-hmm. About four years behind of that. And, I mean. That I actually worked out because, you know, like, that, that, if you if you had uh, the curve, then, exactly, then, yeah. then, then you would have been on it and then everybody would have left it. Exactly. See, that's why I do it. No, I just, like. Uh, I mean, you kind of to an extent. Like, it's it's funny because like when the times that I will put a picture up mm-hmm. or or something or a video up, then I'll get a lot of people reaching, hitting me, and be like, "Oh man, you're working with him, or that's what you're doing." Mm-hmm. But if I wouldn't have, no one would have any idea. Right. And then even with like the camps that I'm going to, like they see the videos, the kids love that stuff. Right. Like in a perfect world, I'd just be in the gym with a guy, we get our work in, whatever, go have lunch afterwards. Nothing video, nothing like that. I don't put anything out, but. I learned a really good lesson too, um, and I know he'd be fine with me saying that because me and him are like brothers in Christ. Is, is with Jeremy Lin is like I'd put some pictures up and stuff without asking him at the first part, and he was cool. He didn't care, but just like okay, what are you really like? What are you in it for? You know, yeah. like what are you doing? And so like I'll never put up something of somebody without asking them first and getting yeah. their permission, and and like still to this point, like I I, I mean I don't really like doing it, but. If they want to do it, then mm-hmm. that's great too. And 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 now I'm kind of using it more Instagram and Twitter, more of like just being 
just being a light life of Christ. Like I'll put up pictures of us praying before workouts or just some type of little subtle thing where more, where kids can look at it and be like, okay, this is what it's about. It's not necessarily about basketball, but it's, it's about so much more than that. So I try to use social media cause I know it's, I mean, I know it's a tool to be used for good and that's why that's what reason it is, but it can be, I mean, it can drive, if you let it get to, you can drive you nuts and there's, I guess there's trainers out there that I see that have a million followers. I'll have NBA guys like that don't really know. Ask me about man, I should go work out with this guy, and I'll just kind of laugh. Like, I mean, if you're throwing up tennis balls over your head and doing push-ups and doing like doing like all these double step back, side step, slide steps, one-on-one isolation, like great, you're gonna be the best isolation player there is, but you're never gonna play isolation with your team. Like, if you're not coming to me with what your team wants of you and how you can get on the court and get the most minutes and benefit yourself and the team the most, like then it's, I mean, it can all look cool for Instagram and it can trick a lot of people, but like I, I won't, I won't get caught up in it anymore. Big time thank you to New York Times bestselling author Rafe Bartholomew. I will link to everything on Rafe and how you can follow him and how you can read more of his articles, his books. Those will all be in the show notes. And just thank you for him for allowing me to tell my story and get it out there. Not that I'm trying to publicly pump myself up or anything like that, but I just want to show everyone out there that it's bigger purpose than yourself it's not about trying to gain the world's success it's not about trying to see who's better at this or who's the best trainer or whatever you want to call it but it's doing something for a purpose and for a passion and my purpose is doing it for the lord's kingdom and trying to just give everybody a positive influence positive motivation in their life and and show them christ and show them christ's love and be able to live every day joyfully like how much better could it be if you wake up every single morning and you're just excited to attack the day excited to attack the day you want to win the day win the day with purpose and passion and that's what i want to do with my platform and and helping these nba players realize that as well because they're just people too we all look into them as figures or objects but people and they're people that want to make a difference and i want to be there for them in their lives and able to help them grow their platform to help so many more people out there and same for all of you out there you guys are on your own mission your own journey and you can create that story every single day that's the awesome awesome power that you have every morning that you wake up but it's where you put your ideals of success and if you look at it in the world's eyes you're never going to get there there's always going to be somebody more higher than you or something that you're going to strive for monetarily will never be enough but if you put your success in the success of the eyes of the lord you're going to live every day with great joy Thank you for joining me on part two of the Game of Life podcast. If you want to learn more about the athlete of the future, find out all this stuff in depth that I'm doing for my NBA players, for myself, morning routines, sleep hacks, nutrition, training, mind, mental training, everything. Check out dnabasketball.com and join the family, join the movement, become part of the athlete of the future. Next week, we'll hit you with part three, the last part, my story, uncut, raw, unbent told by New York Times bestselling author Rafe Bartholomew. So I hope you all have a great week, 4th of July coming up here. Be safe, spend it with the ones you love, and remember, life's a journey. Game of life, David Nurse, signing off.